episode of Worst First. It's indeed been a worst week for me. Um, I wasn't even going to do a podcast this week because I was so depressed and uh, today's my first day out of bed so I'm proud of myself for that. Um, But yeah, we lost Wiki last week after 16 years of life, which is a long time. It's a really long time and if I might add, you were going to cancel this. I was going to cancel this. And I I, kind of pushed you. You, I'm sorry. No, I'm so glad you did. I was like, well, you're grieving. Maybe the best thing to do is to sit down with somebody who knows grief yes. and talk about it rather than have it spinning in your head. So here we are. Here we are, guys, with Dave Navarro, obviously, without so, he doesn't need an introduction. Um, but I'm so glad that you did tell me, let's do it, because I was... Do you feel better already? I do. I just feel better that I got, like, out of bed, got dressed, you know got myself going yeah. you know that's like helpful you know and obviously you well, when we go through like incredible pain and grief like our own self-care suffers because yeah. we're so just enmeshed within the grief that like the idea of getting in the shower it's like for what for i what? hate my life yeah i'm not showing up for anything yeah it's like no i know point. the feeling yeah. and and i have a dog and i'm already worried yeah. about yeah. when he goes you know what kind of dog is he He's, he's like a Yorkie mix mutt, oh, like a rescue. So, yeah. but like I kept telling my, my girlfriend, I was like, we're spending thousands of dollars and thousands of hours yeah. into something that's going to eventually tear our hearts out. Oh my God. <laughs> you know I know. I mean? Tell like, me about what it. What is wrong with us? I know. I kind of feel like that's, it's like, that's the hardest thing, but I feel like the love they give is so pure and it's so yeah. worth it. It's like it is. grief. I read grief is the price you pay for loving so much. Oh my God. That resonates. Yeah, right? it is. And I'm, I'm going through a grieving process myself right now, but it's, it's manageable because I know that the, the decision that made that, that I would made that led to that grieving process was the right decision mm-hmm. for myself, for everybody around. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to grieve even if, for instance, uh, you part with somebody mm-hmm. and you still love them and you still honor them and you still want them to be happy and successful. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be sad. Like of the course. sadness isn't, yeah. there's no shortcuts around that. Mm-hmm. What is admirable about you is that you, you lost something you loved and you felt it and you, flooded it out and you've expressed it and you cried and you did all the right things where a lot of people will turn to substances or stuff that down with some other behavior whether it's sex whether it's shopping Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah I just I couldn't help I mean I just was like I just I don't know I get like physically I don't know did you feel physically I mean we're going to talk about everything that you've Mm -hmm. been through because I mean I don't know if my listeners might not know this um but, you know, you lost your mother in a very yeah. tragic, tragic way as Incredibly a young boy at 15 way. years old. Yeah, yeah. And you, am I allowed to talk about your do- your documentary? You yet? can talk or? about anything you want. Okay, yeah. so Dave did this amazing film, which I really hope gets released for everyone to see, called Morning Sun. And it's about the whole experience of him losing his mother and all the details about kind of, you know, you saw it coming, which is kind of scary. Yeah, I, that was one of those things at 15, like I, I had this sense that my mom was going to die and I, and I felt the energy and when it happened for some reason I was so it muted all those gifts I had all that intuition all that trusting myself trusting my judgment and then when you have a fucked thought and you're like 
well, the last fuck thought I had came, came true. true. So now, so now this we're one, all gonna they're true, all going to yeah. come true, right? Me, worst this, case scenario all the time. So, but you yeah. know us, it's like we just think up fucked up narratives. The narr- worst things. Fucked up narratives. All overthink. That are just completely untrue. My husband literally calls me WCS, worst case scenario, because I will find the oh, yeah. worst possible yeah. thing that could happen. He'd be like, you know, let's go to Bali. And I'd be like, well, yeah, but like, what if I have a heart attack in the forest? Like, what are they going to do? Yeah, well, I'm know? not down with anywhere yeah. that I have to be medevaced out of. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want Cedar Sinai right down the street. I'm with you. <laughs> See? Um, but, okay, so I want to get back to, like, so you were 15, and I watched the documentary, and I'm not going to give away, obviously, too much, but your mother was murdered. That's the whole ending. You gave it away. Well, Thanks I mean, but, but I'm not going to say, how, like, how, and, like, there's so many details that are in it yeah. that... Well, the movie is about my mom's murder. She, yeah. It was a domestic violence situation. Ugh. Her boyfriend, who she broke up with, decided that he was going to kill her. That's his solution, which is, which is, by the way, about the most pussy solution ever. That's because like- most people deal with pain and move on and learn to grow. And if you can't, I mean, like, so that aside, and that's my resentment showing. No, but but um, the rest of the film deals with, with, with where I went as a child, um, turning to music, turning to really seriously bad drug addiction. Yeah. Um, you know, cutting myself really really uh bloodletting a lot of really like just extreme measures whatever i could do to get myself out of what i was feeling you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm here to tell you that they didn't work yeah um they were fun yeah <laughs> fun. i'm not gonna I, say i that. used to cut when i was in high school and i remember like it was like yeah like the bloodletting when i would see all the blood come out i remember being like Oh, it's like a relief. Like I know. It just and, felt like that you, you release endorphins. When and only that people happens. and only people who are as uh, diagnosed as we are mm-hmm. understand the lure of that. Yeah. And then when it got into syringes and taking out as much blood as I wanted, mm-hmm. that was, you know, it was it was on. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then I went through the drug phase and I went through the self-harm phase and I went through, you know, whatever whatever destructive phase, even if I thought it was in the name of art, mm-hmm. like I would convince myself that I'm going to do this great big huge thing and it's okay and it's in the name of art, but then it would really be kind of a dangerous, like yeah. a dangerous project for me. So, And the movie itself turned it out to be a little dangerous because it was really triggering because 30 years ago my mom was killed and then, you know, six years ago I started digging up archival footage and court transcripts and and had to hire private investigators and and news organizations to give us footage of stuff that I lost and I found out information I didn't know. So it was really uh I mean you had so much footage and I mean just even all her footage she was the most she was an actress yeah, and she model. Was a model she was and an beautiful. actress. Beautiful. Yeah. Like it was like just like an angel. God, it was like watching like a, like it, it was like, you know, watching like a famous actress and like all her commercials There's, and everything she did. I've and, always, I've always, and you know, it's my mom. So of course I feel, you know, yeah. special towards her, but I've always likened to her to having a Sharon Tate quality. I was just going to say that. Thank That's you. what I was going to say. I was yeah. like, she literally reminded me of Sharon Tate, she which obviously that, is like so tragic. That but, grace, that just yes. beauty, no matter what, yeah, what angle, what she's doing, yeah. what she's saying, like. If she's in the middle of a sentence and they snap a picture and she's talking, it's she still gorgeous. Great, you know that thing. Like so, her making a making a food at the counter, not paying attention, just look beautiful. Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. really beautiful and such a loving mother. Thank you. You know, yeah. she she your bond looked like it was, it was so amazing. special. And- so I I 
and I still have it. That's the thing. Yeah, I still you, have you that bond. It, it went. I I lost it for a long time after making the movie and after doing a lot of work and doing cognitive therapy and some groups and 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 getting my shit together on a on a mental health level. Mm. Um, I'm able to get the good memories back of my mom. That it used to be mom death. Don't want to talk about it. Now I'm like, oh man, remember how great Christmases were, and like, you know, I can get into that and uh, and feel it and own it and like have it bring a smile to my face as opposed to sadness. Yeah, and you were an only child too, right? Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, just yeah, you yeah. guys and. Well, yeah. So I had no no sibling to go. Man, this is fucked up, isn't it? And you were just, supposed to be there that night, which is so. I scary. also was supposed to be there. So, um, in, in reflection, like if I was supposed to be at the house on the night that she was killed. I would have been killed. So if I reflect back on that and say, you know, why, God, you know, the, the, the obvious question, God, why did this have to happen? If there's a God, why would this happen? Blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we all ask that. But God was looking out for me, you know? Yeah. God did take, and I can find spiritual uh, um, gifts out of that situation because as horrible as it was and as sad as it was, had it not been for that event, I probably would not have gone into the arts and the creative world that I went to and been able to share that story with us, whoever else. Right. And the reason I, I chose to put it out, I mean, it's been out. It's on Amazon. It's called. Morning. Oh, it is on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, oh, you guys have to watch it. It's called Morning Sun, but it's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Mm -hmm. Like Morning Sadness. Uh, yeah. yeah. Morning Sun on Amazon. The Please reason watch I, it. It's so good. The reason I made it free is because we're ending the year and the whole world has kind of dealt with this PTSD of the lockdown and the COVID and, you know, not making a living and everything we've been through, the election. Right. And so I think the world has a greater understanding of what PTSD and suffering oh. is. And I just wanted to share a, a period of my life that, seemed insurmountable yet was and so and you made it through it and i made it through inspiring. it so to show that now in this current climate things will change yes you know and i have lost maybe eight friends this year a couple of suicides a couple of overdoses just because the isolation that people are are, are having a hard time with and there's and think about it someone like you and me who have uh, uh mental health issues sitting alone in a studio apartment on Sweetser for a year and the shit you're going to think up in that yeah. time. Yeah. You're, no, you're goddamn right. You're going to get high. I, or you know what I mean? Unless you take some action. Yeah, I definitely could not. I think, I think about, I mean, even my girlfriends who are single and they were just like, you know, I have friends that have never had anxiety or depression really mm -hmm. in their whole lives. And now because they were like at home alone, lost their jobs, like didn't have money for rent, like, had to scrounge for food and like they were like i am having i had a panic attack and yeah. i never even knew what that was and yeah. they like called me and they're like i'm so sorry for ever you know making you feel like that was something really weird and crazy because i've never experienced it now i had one and i would never wish it on my worst enemy well you know? i'm i'm actually really glad that you brought that up because you know i started i started a uh an art clothing line yeah. kind of a thing that's that's geared around mental health and, and raising that stigma. Yes. You know, so like we used to, you know, if, God, if you think about the 20s and then the Rorschach tests and they would say, look at this ink blot. There's no right or wrong answer. Yet if you get the wrong answer, you're locked yeah, up. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Is it a horse or is it a guy tearing his face off? Yeah. yeah. You better say horse. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, 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 
healing and, and the progression that we've had in just in just self-help and self-care has been so phenomenal over the years. And our line is called dual diagnosis mm-hmm. because there's two of us. Um, and it's all about just accepting who you are. So this is this is our original design, which is that Rorschach test. Are they butterflies? Are they guns? We don't care what your answer is because we're not going to lock you up because we're going to accept you. And then here's another one, this a random one, insanity is its own cure, which is just self-acceptance. I got this thing and I love myself anyway and I'm special. I am so glad that you're here saying this because for so long and even still now, like I have people because I talk about my mental health so much, you know, because it helps me. Yes, honestly. And it like, helps it helps a lot of other people. By and it way. helps yeah. so many other people, but every once in a while I'll get some random dude that's like Tommy's going to leave you because you're fucking crazy. And like, why are you so anxiety ridden? Just chill the fuck out. Like, don't, people don't, don't get I, it. Yeah, you guys, comments are, no. They're like, you're like, you're like, people that. just don't even understand. And so like, it's, you know, the people that do understand, you know, are like, oh my God, I totally get it. You know, it, and that's the thing is everyone is different. You well, know, most, I think a lot of people understand. And I think a lot yeah. of people are undiagnosed. And, yeah. I, and I think that. Uh, there's this myth that it's a vulnerability to share. That vulnerability is a weakness to share and ask for help is a weakness. Where I say it's a fucking superpower. So do I. So yeah. if you have the strength to reach out and ask for help when you need it, you're you're a fucking hero. Yeah. You know because how many friends have have we lost that didn't do that, bro? You know what I mean. And and Tommy's sitting here right. Yeah. By the way, so that's who I'm talking to. Yeah. But we've lost so many friends to this kind of stuff, whether yeah. it's overdoses or depression or suicide. And like, you know, and these are talented, beautiful souls. And and I always thought about it. And I always related, especially when Chris Cornell killed himself mm-hmm. because and, and Tommy, I don't know if you relate or whatever, but I know what it's like being on because he did a show and then he went to his hotel room and he hung himself. And I was like, wow, because I know what he felt like during that show. I know what it's like to be there and just hating be- everybody, hating yourself, hating what you're doing and having to do, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think he just said enough's enough, man. I can't do this anymore. You know, as, as young musicians, we, we have these goals and dreams. If, if we get signed, then I'm going to be cool. If, if we get on the radio, then I'm going to be cool. If we get nominated for a Grammy, then I'm going to be cool. And all these little, like little finish lines that we place, and then for they ourselves. keep happening, and you're still and you not. You still feel the yeah. same, yeah. So like you know, there's just no finish line. I feel like everyone does that. I mean, even with me, with my own life, I'm like, once I'm a millionaire, I'm gonna be cool. Once I'm this, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be happier. Once I, you know, da da da, like I'm gonna ha- not have anxiety anymore. And it's like it doesn't. No, because the anxi- the anxiety and the PTSD and yeah. the trauma physiologically lives within your body, yeah, on a physical level. I know, and so we carry it. Like my hands aren't shaking now, but typically they are. Mine are too, or and, sweaty. Uh, yeah, I get all of those study. symptoms. Yeah. Um, but so what dual diagnosis wants to do is we want to raise the stigma of that being something to be ashamed of. Like we liken it to soldiers who go overseas and they serve they serve our country and they come home with PTSD and they get a medal. Right? They're heroes. Yeah. They're fucking exactly. heroes, right? Because yeah. of the shit they saw and they can't. Like, you know, can't get those images out of their head. But it's heads. also like they have to live with that the rest of their life. And they're right. like, here's but, a medal. But, but yeah. why, is it, why is it that the people okay that suffer, yeah. the people that suffer and are, are striving to live through it anyway, yeah. there's, that's shameful. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is say, no, man, anybody who's willing to stick around through their struggles and uh, do what it takes to get into a better place. And 
with the key being share that with others, um, you got it made and you're stepping into your power and into your light. And, uh, while we're on the subject of dual diagnosis, I brought a gift for you. You did. Yeah, I'd like Thank you to open you. this up. Aww, this was yay. this was handmade Thank by you. myself and my partner Padilla. And um, Tommy's gonna hate it. I'll show you why. Yeah. So I'm gonna say, wear this in Tommy's car at all times. Wear this to bed at all times. <laughs> but this is all. So we we handed all this. And this is just for you as a gift. And um, yeah, that's all. And then this is a trigger. Well, it's just to say it's just a trigger. It's not real. You know what I mean? Just to remind you, it's oh, it's a trigger. And then this is this right now that says trauma kids, but it's in a different font that I created. And I feel like trauma kids are the ones that that uh, sur- the ones that survive are the ones that carry the message. You're very welcome. And uh, yeah, I think, and I, I'm pretty sure that glitter is going to stay put. I love it. Um, so if anyone wants to get that, is it just dualdiagnosis.com? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dualdiagnosis.com. And, and we do an array of, of different things and smaller by hand, end items and higher end items. Yeah. And, and artwork. We do fine art too. Yeah. And we do street art too. And so. what, what is your dual diagnosis? Well, the dual in that name mm-hmm. is because I have a partner. Okay, okay. So and you don't have a dual diet. You don't have two. Or I do probably you? have multiple. Multiple, okay. But in the name dual diagnosis, if you hold it up, it's two guns. Yes. Right? Making a butterfly. And two guns would, would be necessary for a duel, which is a battle. Ah. But we spelled it dual because there's two of us. Because we're actually stopping the battle and, and having a solution. How did you meet your partner? What? How did how did you guys come together she's and do a, this? She's a great street artist named Unfuck Yourself. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah, she's brilliant. And she oh, and I, cool. we connected on the street just working together, doing art. And um, we, we, I hope she doesn't mind me. I mean, of course she won't mind, but we both struggle. Yeah. You know, and we both have grandiose dreams and we'll call each other the next day and say, I'm under the covers and it's not going to happen today. Yeah. And we both get it. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I have a lot of those days. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, but, but she and I met just through the art scene, the, you know, the street art scene. That's cool. And then we decided we didn't really want to make a brand. We wanted to make uh, a movement. Mm-hmm. So we encourage people to just take our imagery, take our clothing, make it your own, cut it up. I love that. Tacking on the back of a jacket with safety pins. Yeah. We don't give a fuck. Just represent and and take pride in who you are because I, for instance, you said one of my diagnoses is why I got bipolar disorder. I've got anxiety. I've got depression. I got drug addiction. I have mm. sex addiction. I, you know, you name it. Um, I had the eating disorders for many years. Did you? Oh, yeah. What, like anorexia or? Well, I, 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 I tried that, but I got too hungry. You were like, I'm just going to throw it up. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is much easier if you, and this is not a tip. Yeah, pro, no this tip. Not, this isn't like thin inspiration. Uh, pro, yeah. pro tip. Yeah. Eat all nice. you want, yeah. then shoot heroin, and it all comes out. Oh, I'm my, because you throw up, right? Well, yeah, or you get you, sick when you yeah. when you hit a when you hit a a, a big blast. But you know, I'm kidding. But right. that the drug addiction and 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 vomiting from the just use of needles all the time got me into a place where I felt I felt best feeling empty. 
Yeah. And then when I quit doing the, the drugs, I struggled with the anorexic eating disorder, control issues, mm. like all the fucking stuff. And like nobody ever noticed a fucking difference but me. And one day I was just like, I'm suffering for nothing. Especially for men, because a lot of people like don't realize that eating disorders are affect men so much as well, you know? Well, and you you happen to be married to one of the tallest, skinniest, most handsome guys in the world. This motherfucker, so is the, he hit the jackpot. <laughs> Are you kidding? Eats whatever the fuck he wants, oh, happiest yeah. fucking clam on the planet, smokes a thousand cigarettes a day. We got his lungs checked, clear as fucking Mine day. Mine are two. Mine are two, by the way. I had to do it. I had to do it. Even though the whistle in my lung when I'm laying in bed. He does have a whistle. Yeah, he has a whistle. I, I heard you have a whistle he in does. your lung. Yeah, yeah. At night, I'm like, oh, is there a balloon on deflating somewhere? That's not good. It's not a good sign. So we're actually going to go again. But I mean, he already did get a check, and they said he was all good. I mean, he's just like invincible. He's I feel like he's like a he's, he's like Superman. A, like I was telling forever. I was telling you, and we were reminiscing earlier when we were doing the Rockstar Show, Rockstar Supernova. You guys many did. many yeah. years ago, like we would be on set for like, you know, we get there the first thing in the morning. First of all, Tommy would come in. He had a Jaeger machine in his dressing room. And he would start hitting that thing at nine. Yeah, I remember. I've been with Tommy during the drinking. Do you mind days. if I tell this stuff? No, this is the best. This is behind the scenes stuff. And then by the time it was go time, like we're live, and Mark Burnett, the creator, Survivor, and all these fucking huge shows, is ready to go. And Tommy's sitting on the panel naked, and he refuses to put clothes on, and it's going live. So people, do you remember that? You're like, bro, let's just get naked. Let's do it. And we were just sitting up there naked. You were too? I think I did. <laughs> I, I must have at least. It was not hard to get me naked back Tommy then. Tommy convincing you to take your dick out. You're like, okay, <laughs> those, I guess. I'm not taking my dick out around Tommy. But those days. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Those days I was, I was a little bit freer with the looseness. But, but anyway, so we would have those days. They would go on for 12 hours because there's rehearsals. There's mm-hmm. run-throughs. There's all kinds of shit. Then the show happens. And you're fucking wiped. Exhausted. And then Tommy comes to my room and is like, bro, we're going to the club right now. Get your shit. I'm like, are you out of your mind? How do you do this? And it's just like, he you know. He still has this energy. He'll never lose it because my singer, Perry Farrell. Is like that too. Is the same way. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I They're mean, just wired you know, naturally. God willing. I mean, it doesn't matter what he does. Where yeah. You know, how, how much damage he's done to his body. How yeah. much harshness has taken place on the stage. He'll look younger and stronger and better than everybody else. It's just fucking, in, it's unreal. We it's did unreal. run into him in Hawaii and his wife, and he looked great. It's crazy. He looks like the same he's looked since he's you guys 60 started. Years old. He's 60 years old, dude. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You but guys I all mean, look good. But uh, Well, most of you look good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, fuck, it's kind of crazy, you know? It's 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 interesting. And did your band members know you were going through this stuff too? I know. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I mean in the in the early days like in the 80s and in early 90s in Jane's Addiction, like I was a kid. I was 17, I was 18 years old. You know, I don't know if you know this. I told Tommy, but I used to load Motley Crue gear into the Troubadour. He told me that. Yeah. You used to just show up to help load gear? Just just to be close to it. Yeah, because it meant that much to me. Was he nice? I would get there way before he would, you know, I'd get there when the crew gets there, you know, so I'm low, I'm just loading in the gear. Like you'd be like, you guys need help. You just wanted to do free. And then we would go in and watch the show and be like, I fucking loaded that cabinet up there myself. And you'd be so stoked. And that's what we did. You know, you had, I I really missed that time of music where it wasn't just so instantly digitally available. Although I love 
that we have that. Mm-hmm. But being down in the trenches and yeah. doing what it takes and doing the work and doing seven guys in a van for three years with fucking no cell phones or computers. Like, people don't know how to tour like that anymore. No, I mean, you, no, we kill themselves. We had to pick yeah. up a pay phone and hope the person was home to answer the phone if we wanted to reach anybody. I mean, we was fucking isolated. When did you guys get your, like, big, big break? Like, what was your biggest break, I would think, you say? I think in around 1990 when Nothing Shocking came out. Uh-huh. And then we started getting a little bit of airplay and, 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 and all of that. But, uh, you know, we, we imploded uh, as a result of my you know my drug addiction and 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 all of us had had you know some something or another but Mm. we've we've we're still a band i mean we play all the time i love that and that's years and years later like it's amazing well i think it's like um you can identify with this it's like every time someone says they quit or it's over i hear it as a hiatus Mm -hmm. because i just i just know it's like it's we're joined together at the hip no matter what we're family no matter what. There's a great Eagles documentary where the guys, if you haven't seen that, it's fucking, because it's warts and all, dude. They go off on each other. It's dope. And But what they came to conclude is that we are all stronger together than on our own. Yeah. You, know you guys are, mean? like, married. You guys are married, and it's like being married for a really long time. Three, you're not going to like someone every Well, day. you're also married to three other people who yeah. have huge egos just like you. And everybody he wants the that. same fucking thing. Yeah. And that's your family, whether you like it or not. And you're in a fucking U-Haul pulling van that's like taking you from Orlando to Jacksonville and you hate each other. Yeah. Um, it's it's you gotta love the music to put up with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta love what you're doing. That's and I get asked all the time by young musicians, like, bro, do you have any advice? You know, I'm just trying to do this. I'm like, yes. My advice is make sure you fucking love this. Yeah. Because there's no guarantees, first of all. If you're doing this for the house or the car or the girl, put it down. Yeah. Because it's not for you. No. You know what I mean? Like, that. just this is not how it works. And I mean, that's those not, are bonuses, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> if it works and those are bonuses, that's great. But if that's your... If that's, if your, that's what's driving you, your, yeah. Your intent... It's not going to work. Then it's not going to resonate with anybody. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, so that really mattered to me, but... Yeah, my my history with with Motley Crue is, I mean, me and our the drummers of Jane's Addiction would stalk those guys. You know, that is so funny. I mean, not at their homes, but right, right, right. But I mean, just where they were playing, right? Because it was like, yeah. (laughs) And then and then and Stephen ended up playing with Tommy in Methods of Mayhem and went on tour with him, which was a dream come true for him. What? Oh yeah, I mean the. The, the incestuous magic of all of this. Such a small world. So, it's great. It's great. But like, had it not been for, for that band, I wouldn't, I might not be here because. Playing guitar? You think that I'd that's be playing guitar. I think I'd be, I was already playing guitar, but okay. I think once I got to go down into the, you know, cause I'm, I was 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. So, and also right around the time my mom died, which was really special for me to have something. To escape. You know yeah. what I mean? And then we had that first, I don't want to make this an interview about Tommy, and we'll get back to how. Oh, no, it's okay. We'll we'll get back to how fucked up we are in a second. <laughs> but I it's had, okay. I talk about how I'm fucked up I am all the time. They're they're like, but, let's talk about something else. But they had an original. It was an independent release of the Too Fast for Love. And yeah. Of course, that's the one we had, and that's the one we knew. Yeah. And um, and then they, I guess, remixed it for Electro or whatever when they got when they got big. But I mean, so for me and our drummer to be 
having to discover something and only look at the record and see if the guys look fucking cool. I wonder what this sounds like and put it on like, holy fuck, I never heard anything. This mixed guitar sounded like a fucking, like he was using a, a buzzsaw on his, you know what I mean? Instead yeah. of a pick, like we were like, what is going on? <laughs> and we went and saw him and we were blown away. And then from that moment on, we just stayed in Hollywood and just like, if they were playing, we would show up, Aww. help the crew fucking whatever we could do we had a couple of run-ins with them and they were always very cool uh you know but i'm sure that they don't remember but it was like (laughs) we were the kids we were the kids and and that that was the moment where i got into those rooms and i smelled the stale beer and the cigarettes and the fucking cables and the house lights and the grime and and i was like this is yeah. for me. Does this, this come in a candle? No, like, but I, I mean, love... like, I was like, I really felt like, yeah. yeah. You, you know it. what I mean? Yeah. I love it. I, there's nothing I don't want to, to ever come between me and this. Aww. And uh, so I made it my life, yeah. So when you, you were playing guitar before your mom passed, and then after she passed, you still, you, did you say, would you say you got more immersed into music? Way more immersed. Okay, because that was immersed. something to take you away. Once my mom, yeah, luckily I had something creative to, to funnel that energy mm-hmm. to and, mm-hmm. and just like you're doing with this yeah man. i mean it's just mm-hmm. it, that's that's the key you gotta have something you need something yeah that's you can channel through so. or multiple things i mean you do the art you do the music i paint like i do this yeah. like it's so many things as many things as you can to yeah. just kind of funnel that energy and being who we are we have to watch the mania of trying to like scramble and get 18 projects done in an hour or and then you're you get overwhelmed and then you have to <laughs> and then you have to sleep like a whole day to like i love every recover. time i say something he's laughing and he's like yeah i'm married to that girl yeah he is it's awesome it's awesome and you're great you're great Aww. i mean i'm like you know and the funny thing is is i think there's like Again, this whole stigma of like if you have mental health issues that you're like a fucking psycho and you're crazy and all this shit. But it's not even like that. It's like mental health issues can look so many different ways for people. Like, you know, like you said, the mania, like I can get really invested in a project and that'll be all I'm focused on. And my husband will be like, what are you doing? Like you're running around the house, like doing all these things. And it's like, oh, I got to do this. Like, you know, it's not like it's like a thing where I'm like running around with a fucking knife being all fucking crazy. No, it's mania. Mania actually... For those of us who don't suffer from, do you have, like... I don't think I have bipolar, but I definitely have, like, days where all... I just have so much energy yeah. and, and, like, and, like... Those and are then, my favorite yeah, days. Yeah, those are so the best days. I'm I, like, would say yeah. that, I would say that if you suffer from bipolarity yeah. or depression, the mania is your gift. It's you, People love it. That's as soon the as they feel it kick in, yeah. Because I can get 30 things done in yeah. a day yeah. in that state. I just have to be aware that there's gonna a crash, crash coming. How long do you usually get out of, how many days do you get usually of your mania? I mean, it really, I mean, I could wake up the next day and be fine. Yeah. I could, it could take two weeks. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's followed by a lot of tears. Yeah. You know, because it's just such an outpour, but I and have And your come- body's fit physically exhausted physically exhausted but i've come to welcome the tears because i know that that's energy that needs to leave the body that's so good so when you're driving down the road and you almost hit a deer and the deer is standing the road and it's shaking like that human beings don't have that but the deer is shaking because it's traumatized and what its body is doing is releasing all the trauma in the deer so he can go on and have his life so as human beings we don't have that component where it's built into our, our physiology but we do need to let these things out or they will run our lives and then end up dictating future narratives that are completely untrue yeah that that will make keep us in the dark yeah. really so i'm i'm just super 
I'm just in a place right now where I'm I'm happy to do this project that uh, that can spread that kind of. We're not trying to make raise the stigma off mental health. Right. We're trying to make it fucking cool. <laughs> Put it this way. You think Vincent Van Gogh was the most well balanced guy in the world? No, the fucking genius. There's so many artists, and you know, and that's every one yeah. of my favorite artists, people are fucked favorite up. Yeah. people, musicians, artists were fucking crazy. Yeah, you know what I mean. All like, the best people are. I'd say that. Otherwise, it's fucking boring. I mean, he's you know the thing is, oh, is like dude, Tommy's cra- crazy in his he's own cra- way. He's got his own brand. I don't think he has like mental health issues, but you're definitely just a fucking. He's just a fucking crazy man. I mean. Well, here's the thing. He doesn't have mental health issues, but he instantaneously acts upon any thought that he has. <laughs> and just, just like, I'm doing this. Fuck yeah. And he just fucking goes. That is and true. That's, and that's, you know what I mean? There's In the like, good and the bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. but he'll have the idea and then he'll have like the tempo ready for it. Yeah. In five seconds. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's just nonstop until that thing's done. It's true. That's his thing. Yeah. Our thing is maybe a little deeper and we... I know everybody's troubled. Everybody's lost something. Everybody knows sadness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people are more sensitive to it than others. Some people have had upbringings that have made them more sensitive to it. And uh, I certainly have. So uh, anything I can do to help, you know, cool you out with your mental disabilities. I'm telling you, man, you're a magician. You get support. It's like, it's nice to know where you're welcome. And this is a place where you're welcome. And this well, is a place where you're supported and understood. And it's not, you know, not shamed for it. Cause you're not shamed. We have a phrase in dual diagnosis that says shame never saved anyone. Mm-mm. No, and you doesn't. can spend all the time you want feeling ashamed, but you're not going to get better. Yeah. So drop the shame, drop man. the shame. And, uh, so that's, I mean, that's our whole, our whole messaging and that's our whole thing. And, and like, I think it's fucking cool, man. I look at somebody like, uh, I don't know, I look at somebody like Van Gogh, who was a very troubled guy who did incredible paintings and changed mm-hmm. the shape of art forever. And he had, he had a studio that he, he worked with Gauguin in and they hated each other. And the guy cut his ear off for a girl. Like, that guy would be put away today. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But look at his art. So whatever whatever mental disability he may have had, he found a way to channel that into something that's greatness. Just like you're doing now. Yeah. You're finding a way to channel something that's going on with you into greatness that's probably reaching a lot of people that can need to hear it. We have a lot of listeners, which is really fantastic, and I'm so grateful for you guys. And um, that's what that's what we're doing with, yeah. with that. And that's, Love it. And that's how I want to live my life here on out, man. We're in the back nine. Yeah. I don't got time for suffering. Yeah. I did that. You know what now, I mean? What are, what are your views on death? Like, I'm very curious. Like, what... I mean, obviously, going through... Yeah. So much trauma and death first handedly. Yeah, I know that's a thing of yours. I, I'm a, of I have a big fear of death. Like, yeah. well, I mean, holy. Well, here's one thing I can yeah. tell you is you don't have to be afraid of it because it will for sure happen. It doesn't make me feel better, Dave. <laughs> no fear. I can't get a, a, away from it, which is the horrible thing. And then my dad tells me, he's like, well, everyone's going to die. Doesn't that comfort you? Like, no one, no one's going to live forever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I just feel like other people will be able to handle it better. Like me, I feel I'm so So are you afraid aware. of your own death or the others? I'm, well, obviously I care if my loved ones die, but my own death yeah. is because I'm so aware all the time of yeah. everything going on in my body. Wouldn't it be nice to take a break from that? I Look at guess. it that way. <laughs> Look at it that way. You won't be thinking about nothing. Am I not? Come here. That way. 
It's like, true. It's true. It like, is. I'm constantly going. Even yeah. in my dreams, I'm like, like I don't get a break. When you die, all that ends. Yeah. Well, so, don't worry about it. It is kind of true. I do remember I like I had kidney failure when I was 18 really randomly. I was just like in a bad place. I was doing bad things yeah. and I got kidney failure ran- really randomly and I almost died because it turned into sepsis and I yeah. was in the hospital for a week and I remember they like pump you full morphine when you're like really on the edge. That sounds good. And it makes you not feel anything. And I, I remember know. the doctor coming in and going, I said, am I going to die? I was so out of it. Yeah. And he was like, I honestly do not know. And I, and I remember like normally that would have been like, yeah, you had- ah, like I would have shit myself. But like I was on so, they give you so much morphine. They pump they, you full of so many drugs. I'll tell you, they're conscious of that too. Because yeah. they are conscious of the fact that they are about to deliver news that is very elevated. Horrible. Um, so they keep you just kind of like, you're like this. And so like you get the worst news and you're kind of just like, oh yeah, you can't really process it. And that only, that almost comforted me when my dog was passing and he was barely able to breathe. And the doctor came to the house. I had a vet come to the house and I asked her to save him. And she's like, he's already halfway gone. Like I yeah, can't save yeah. him. And she's like, what I do is I give him like a morphine insulin shot for a dog. And it puts them in like a sedate, completely yeah, sedated space. Out of suffering. Out of suffering. They don't feel a thing. And he just kind of went completely relaxed. And then they do the injection and it slowly stops their heart and it yeah. it's just very peaceful and they they call euthanasia actually yeah. means good death did and you know you, that i didn't but it makes yeah. sense because it's a it's a it's a humane death yeah and and you know and you were there to witness it you could hold him yeah it was on i mean you even had it to got to have it be on your terms yeah you know in a, in a strange way to be the most comforting loving thing you could do the pain's not going to go away any quicker but know that, you know, you were there with that dog yeah. till his last breath and he knew it. Um, you asked my my feelings about it. Like I go back and forth. I, you know, uh the happier I get, the older I get, the happier I get. And the happier I get, the less I want to die. <laughs> I know. You know what Isn't I mean? that scary when your life starts to get really good? That's that, the thing with me is that my life has gotten, I used to want to kill myself all the time. In high oh, school, yeah. I used to tie belts around my neck till I passed out. I used to cut myself. I was institutionalized. I've made many attempts, believe me. I used to pray to God to just kill me. And then my life, I got away from all the things that were hurting me. And I moved out here and I got my life together and I became really happy. And I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have wished death upon myself so many times in those years. I'm like, is there like a backlog? Is this going to get to God like at the no, wrong no, no. time? There's you no know? backlog. It's all be- it's because it's all evolving and growing. And that's yeah. what it's about. So there's there's no consequence for a thought you had 13 years ago. Yeah. But the, the thing the thing for me is that, uh, you know, I just I know it's going to happen. I'm not too terrified of it. I'm not cavalier about it like i'd rather it doesn't but mm. you know i feel that if i've looked at all the signs in my life here's a little story so my ex-girlfriend uh was in desperate need of um outpatient treatment we wanted to get her like you know a little group that she could go and work on her recovery um and so one night i was out with a friend of mine named meg zaney and we we were a team and we just spray painted this building. Help is on the way because we found this building that had this really long black wall. Mm-hmm. Help is on the way because we just wanted the world to know that like we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, my ex-girlfriend shows up for her IOP and it's that building. And so I think to myself, wow. if magic and cosmic uh, 
connections happen like that on such a profound level throughout my life. And if I look at them and I'm, and I really, I, I try to take them in and I become aware of them, then I am at peace because I know there's way more to it than just what we're looking at, you know, because there have been evidence, there's been evidence of cosmic interaction in my life that's undeniable. What else? What else? Tell me more. I love hearing these things. I mean, just, I mean, I can't even, just the way people meet, just the way people, the way I went to see Molly Crew and now there's a band Jane's Addiction. Mm. Just like that kind of evolution. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. Like, things get better you just it takes the time and it takes the work and and the work is the hard part yeah so for that i do a lot of i do a lot of one-on-one therapy mm-hmm. i do uh, some i do a lot of um trial studies that i would i would say that people there's some trial studies with ketamine and oh i've heard and, about that uh, have you done the ketamine treatment oh yeah tell me everything how did it how did you feel is it like just doing ketamine and, and no and, no it's, 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 it's administered not, in a certain it's, no okay and the same thing with mdma it's not like you're going to some dude's house in silver lake at two in the and morning he's like, bro i got this experiment yeah. fucking you know special I mean? case shit going and on you're yeah. gonna get healed yeah, like yeah. that don't do that he's like bro trust me no, i just gotta is, cook it on the stove this yeah. is a medical facility and like you know there's a iv drip and mm-hmm. it's really dissociative that's what I don't like because I dissociate regularly myself where I feel like myself is over here sometimes and I hate that. So ketamine, I heard, does do that. It's very dissociative. But yeah. I mean, dissociative in the sense that you wouldn't even know you're Brittany anymore. You're just in a thing. Your your soul is in a thing. You leave your body. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say sense of ego is gone, which is sense of who I am, what I'm doing here, what I'm about, my name, like all that goes away. It's ego death. Do you feel calm? And do you feel like relaxed and kind yeah, of happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only, only with a doctor. I'm not. I would never. I would yeah. never advise someone to go get some K and yeah. feel better because that's stupid. Right. But if someone's suffering from depression, it's an option that is actually legal now. That's and, what I've heard about it. And yeah. uh, what the what the thinking is that it helps create new neural pathways in your brain over time. So you and I run the same fear. We the 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 center of our brain that goes to the amygdala, which is the fear center of your brain, it's just like it's rapid fire, fire, fire yeah. and it's going back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. What this does is open up another path and go, oh, wait a minute, we can maybe try this path and maybe so come to another solution. So so crazy. So you're just not spiraling out time, and spinning yeah. on something that you have no control over anyway. So when um, you walk out of that treatment, how do you feel? Like how, so how long well, is it? You're like 30 it's minutes. It's 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Um, you walk out of it, you feel like, uh, you know, spacey, it, it come, uh, spacey, but you come back to earth pretty quick okay. because it's not, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend driving a car home, but right. you, you come home and, um, there's no, there's no magical, like aha moment. Like everything's better Yeah. because this is working on a uh, neurological level. So with that kind of treatment, you have to go multiple times. It, there's sessions and there's an ethic and there's integration, which is really, really important part of it, which is discussing with either a team or the doctor or whoever what came up with you through that journey and wh- how that how that applies to your life and what about that you can change with love. That's mm-hmm. what we look for, you know. And so how many times have you done it? Oh, man, I don't even know. Like a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay, so do you feel like... The you that when you started versus you now, you see a big change. It's hard to say because when I started, I was in crisis. You know, I had a big crisis happening in my life. So it was very hard to 
weigh any benefits of anything I was doing because once I came back, I was just back in crisis again. So there was like, you open up, I just told them you're opening up more neural pathways for the same information to get to me faster. But, uh, it, it worked. I, so I, I, I tabled that for a while and then I got into just some straight up therapy, straight up relationship therapy, straight up, you know, uh, psychiatry and, and working with, with that because there's just fucking no shame in, in seeing a psychiatrist and, and having a little support if you need it. If you have a headache, you can take an aspirin. Right. So, so if you have clinical depression, yeah, like you need some fucking help right. here. Right. You know what I mean? And right. there's a lot of... um. You know, and I do work with psychedelics. Right. You know, as as a tool. Right. Not as a solution, as a tool. Is that a dual diagnosis sticker on your phone? Yeah, he stuck it on his phone case. <laughs> I got to get a picture of that after that, I if you know, don't mind. I know, it's so cute. Uh, so the character, so that character, he's part of a short movie. That's his own insulated environment that he built to surround himself. Show it, babe. There it is. That's there's, the dual diagnosis guy. There, there's a short film on our site that you can watch about him. And what that guy has been so traumatized that he had to build his own environment with his own air mm. where nobody could touch him. Right. You know, and he and wouldn't feel, get germed so out by anyone. So he could feel safe yeah. in his own little in, environment. Yeah. And then that way he could interact with the world. What What is what short film is he from or what? Uh, we on the on the dual diagnosis. Oh, you created com. him. Oh, yeah, He's part of your creation. Oh, yeah, this oh, whole I thing is—it's it. a multi-dimensional. It's not just a, a swag company. I it's love like it. It's like a multi-dimensional film art. Yeah, I watched your film. It's really cool. Oh, no, the film the, on the d- site. dual diagnosis film that you yeah, sent yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's in that. Yeah, so, I did see that. So yeah, so that's, that's so that's cool. What that's all about. I love that. Okay, so we were talking about yeah, like just the stigma behind taking anything or trying to help yourself if you're struggling. Yeah, I don't. I think that the days of feeling bad about that are over, folks. Yeah, what do you, say? you don't need to do that. You know that what I mean? Anymore. Like let's 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 do away with the I feel bad because and don't let anyone in any twelve step program give you shit about something that you may or may not take because in the literature it says outside issues and some of us need other other help and it's. And if you really want the fucking truth in Bill's story, which is in the Alcoholics Anonymous book, that's Bill's partial story. Yeah. They left out a lot and they left out all the part where he worked with psychedelics to find out who he was. What kind of psychedelics? LSD. Everything. Oh, LSD. LSD. Okay. At the time, at the the time it was LSD. Right. And you said sometimes you do MDMA to help, like it helps with depression, right? Obviously. But then isn't there a big come down from that? No, no, no. So the MDMA, and again, this is not me advising anyone right right you, to take if anybody's anyway. hearing this and has any interest look it up uh do, do your, it with a doctor do your research don't contact me i can't help yeah. you because that's all these people start messaging hey, I you i saw you on britney hey Singer. man can i get some ketamine don't i don't you know we go through you know it's it's well we're in trials with with the mdma so right. that's not even out really yeah yet. okay but uh if you if you uh if you know if you uh apply and they accept you then you can get tried and so that is a whole nother experience where you are cognitive the whole time mm-hmm. and it hold, it holds your heart in safety so you can access the scary things that you otherwise wouldn't access because you wow. know you're safe. And the come down, yeah, it can be rough, but there are now that this is becoming uh, medically tested and done by scientists in laboratories, those come downs are not as bad because they are gearing this medicine for this kind of trauma work. Right. So um, I've had great, great success with it. Um, but it's it's not for everybody. Right. You know, it's not. And you don't have to you don't 
ayahuasca. I've never done ayahuasca. Let's gonna go to, we'll do it, but you'll want to do it in Peru or something. No, Tommy wants to do it where there's no help just in case it goes wrong. Yeah, I know. I so. want to do it at the peninsula. <laughs> you know what I mean? We have a lady. We actually are friends with a, our, our, oh, yeah. our, my friend, Sarah Leah. She's a, actually a pet communicator, which she's amazing. And she can talk to animals, which is fucking crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but it's, she's actually so good. And, she has a, a shaman that she's two shamans, yeah. a male and a female. And she's like, I'll come anytime you guys want to. I'm, I'm obviously not going to do it because I'm out of my gourd as yeah. it is. But I'll watch you guys, you know. And Well, that's the next step. You know, then there's, then there's DMT, which is the 5-MeO, which comes from the toad. Right. So there's right now there's all these pens floating around L.A. And, uh, you know, like DMT pens and people are hitting them. And that's not the shit. That gets you a little like, you know, trip D and whatever. Yeah. That's not the deep dive shit. The deep dive shit comes straight from the toad in the Sonora Desert uh-huh. and they extract from the glands and you have to make sure to let the toad go. Have you done DMT? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's like the spirit molecule. Yeah. And what does that make you feel like? There's absolute, I don't really think that there's any possible way I could explain it. Because, really? It's so otherworldly. Because, because I wasn't there. You know what I mean? That's that. Wow. That's the thing. I wasn't there. I was just downloaded with cosmic information. It was just instant. I had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? That's and that amazing. and that lasts fifteen minutes, and you can get and that you can drive home with. Like, it's crazy mm. because that chemical lives within all of our bodies, mm. so it assimilates quicker. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. like, there's no hangover from that. Isn't it like a it only lasts? You said what? Fifteen minutes? Fifteen twenty minutes? So and then you're in and you're out. Yeah. And you can wow. go back in if you want. You can go back in. and Does um, it feel like 15 minutes or does it feel like an hour or The something? first question I asked after my first time was like, how long was that? How long was I gone? They were like, eight minutes. I'm like, what? You're like, it felt like three days. I, it, it felt like a lifetime, you know? I mean. Uh, and you don't remember what you saw or what you went through? I mean, I have images in my head of what I saw, but it wasn't experiential like that. It was more, um, it was more breaking through this layer of consciousness. Were you scared? Yeah, there have been, well, I've had times when it was scary, and I've had times when it wasn't. Right. And I've had times that were beautiful. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of prerequisites when it comes to this kind of stuff, which is, you know, the set, the setting, the intention, who you're with, what you're working on. Like, you don't just go fucking hit the pipe and hope for the best. Like, there's a whole thing for it. You know what I mean? There's a whole, whether it's, and and, uh, it's, it's essentially the same thing that the shaman do. Right. Except in a therapeutic form, which is like, we want to know why we're here. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're safe. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're in a comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. And then we're good to go. Right. If you're not scared. Right. But if you take fear in with you, my experience is it can come out with you. Oh, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, it's not for everybody. It's kind of like where your mindset is, is, you know, what is not necessarily, can... but I just, for me, my experience, and I, I can't speak on that, but. My experience is that I've gone in with a bad mindset and came out with a bad mindset, and that was dangerous. And have you done the microdosing with mushrooms to help at all? Have you done yeah. that? Because that's just a new thing that's also yeah, been yeah, approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. It's, do you like that? Yeah, I do that on days when I have a lot to do and I'm really inspired, but I don't do it every day. It's like a, it's sub-perceptual, so you don't feel it. Oh, so you don't even know your feet? There's no it's so low. Yeah, there's dose. no wigglies. There's no laughing. There's no sick to your stomach. It's just like a little bit of a lift. Like, oh, you know, okay. it makes you a little happier. I wouldn't even say happier because it allows you to access your own happiness. Oh. So I don't do anything that makes me feel different 
I do things that help me access how I feel. Okay. Big difference. Right, right. You know, because it is within us. Right. You know, and sometimes we just need help getting there because I have so much blockage of, uh, you know, mom's death, drug addiction. I'm not good enough. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm terrible at what I, at music, whatever the messaging is of the day, because it changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it depends. So I, I just really try and stay focused on just the cosmic joy that, that I've received. Right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Like I wouldn't microdose. I wouldn't microdose on a day that I thought that I was having a rough time. Right. As a solution. Right. It you know what I mean? It wouldn't do anything. Well, it could. I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm not into the high. I'm not into like let's party and drop these and go to the thing. I'm mm-hmm. into like I'm using plant medicine to enhance what I'm already doing. Right. And what I'm already discovering about myself, and in conjunction with serious team of doctors mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. it's fucking above board safe that's great that's so good and i have and and i just want to sh- tell you guys if anything i'm talking about sounds interesting like i can't stress that enough yeah um, there's a lot of people out there who call themselves shaman because they had an ayahuasca experience and now they know how to to give you a cup full of ayahuasca be careful of who you pick mm-hmm. and i i would say in the same tone with whoever's in the room, gauge the energy of those mm-hmm. people. Like you moved here and then you got much happier. I bet you disconnected with a lot of energy that you wasn't serving you. Right. You know what I right. mean? And I've gone through a process in my life where I've reconnected with the people who have brought me positive energy and I have distanced myself from mm-hmm. people who bring negative energy yeah. because like I said, in my 50s, that is not how I'm planning on spending the rest of my life. Right. You need to be surrounded by happiness. And have you ever had any children? Do you have children? I don't. Do you want to have children? I don't. I don't think, uh, I mean, you know, at 53 to have a kid right now, I just don't know if that's that's in the stars. I'm not against it. I love kids. I just, I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not shut down to it. And I'm also you know, not necessarily stoked on it either. Right. You're not (laughs) like, I want to be a dad. It'd be so important to me. I have two God kids that, uh, and, uh, Lola and Todd, and I'm going to make them watch this so they can hear their names. Um, but you know, he's a, he's a, he's like a teenage guitar player. So Mm -hmm. I go over there and just teach him rock riffs. I'm like, dude, this is what you need to know. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to any of this. Right. And okay. Your teacher taught you that. That's cool. Forget that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's I love, hilarious. I love doing that. You he's know like, what I mean? He's like, but I learned how to play Jingle Drink a Little Star. You're like, that doesn't really matter. That's it doesn't matter, all. man. Like when you learn, learn, I teach him to learn the techniques and then have the techniques as an arsenal and then make up your own thing. And you taught yourself. Yeah. You didn't have any lessons ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had like, you know, when I was a kid. The basics. Basics, yeah. Yeah, and then you went from there and yeah. just kind of did yeah. it. Once I discovered Jimi Hendrix at about maybe 10 or 11, and I was at a skate park, because I used to go to skate parks with the pools and mm-hmm. do that, and I heard, I heard Hendrix, heard Voodoo Child playing over the loudspeaker, and I picked up my skateboard, and I looked at the speaker. I was like, what the fuck is that? And I went into the office, mm-hmm. and I was like, what's playing? Oh, that's Jimi Hendrix. You know Jimi Hendrix? And I went, the next stop was the record store, mm-hmm. from the skate park to the record store. And uh, that changed my life. Yeah, he got you into music. Changed my life. That's so great. Yeah, I love that. 
I'm so happy. Like, I feel like you, you're so, your energy is very peaceful and it feels like you really reached a point where you know who you are and like, you know. Call me next week. (laughs) Dead. I know how to access. You leave this podcast, you're like, I'm going to go fuck a bunch of people. I know how to access the peacefulness when I know there's a camera rolling. Oh no, don't say (laughs) that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, what about like a bad, like. Worst sexual experience or like a crazy sex story or like I don't know anything maybe on tour like some fucking crazy thing or or like a girl like you know Tommy's told me a thousand like yeah I know girls like throwing up on his dick all kinds of stuff you know beautiful things (laughs) just really good who hasn't thrown up on his dick let's be honest let's be Um, honest uh god I mean you want to give me a a a scenario like a sexual scenario you yeah what about like a worse like have you ever had an experience where you were just like this is the worst experience i mean i just feel like i have so many and you're gonna put me on the spot i don't you even have know so many pick. yeah i mean because sometimes the worst experience doesn't manifest itself till later so like you you meet a girl you hook up, you're going to have one of those nights and you're stoked and it went great and it was hot and you're like, fuck yeah, that was a great night. Yeah. And then you wake up to her with luggage at your front door the next day. Where she's like moving That's in? That's a worst. That's a worst. She's like moving in? Or well, she thinks she is. Oh my God. That kind of shit. And what then, do you do? With loving, lovingly, you got to say, hey, girl, last night was what it was and I, we made that clear and I'm sorry that misread this right 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 there's no chance that i am ready for anything like this do you are you ever going to get married again i don't i don't i don't think so why um i'm not sure that i'm you know i had a great marriage and i'm still super tight with carmen Mm -hmm. and uh i love her to death but i don't know i think that was the one and it was good and it lasted as long as it did and i am why did it end you don't Uh, mind me asking or is that too personal we became best friends Okay, so it wasn't sexual anymore. It it was, but it was we became best friends, which meant that it prevented us from living and expanding in our lives on our, you know, individually. You know what I mean? We were just like kind of locked down together and uh Like you didn't want to hang out with anybody else, you didn't want to do anything else. Like I No, I w- I would say that we just became used to living together. And then like sooner or later my wife became my roommate. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I didn't love her any less. It just was like, what are we? And she felt the same way. So we were just like, well, let's, let's, uh, actually what happened was we, we took a break and, uh, in that break, you know, I had a break and I, and I went out and did what I did. And then I got blasted by us weekly and people and all that shit. And it became a big fucking, uh, you know, so the press basically just took my relationship and squished it and traumatized it into a mm-hmm. fucking heartbreaking story. Mm-hmm. But what else is new? That's what they do. And so then she was like, well, I don't want to go back together now because of you, you know, all this stuff or whatever. It wasn't so much that. I think it just after that, like, and then after the explosion of everything, it was just like, and we'd had some, some time apart. It was just like, let's just be fucking cool with each other. Were you happy about that? Like, do you feel like that was like a content thing? In the moment, you? no. In the moment, no. But I'm super happy it worked out that way. Okay. Because I got a rad friend out of it. And I've had a million amazing other experiences. And I've met other really incre- incredible women that have inspired me. So I don't regret that at all. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know. And I think a long-term relationship in Hollywood 
with two people who aren't home very much mm. is pretty tricky. Yeah. You know, so she's shooting whatever she's shooting. I'm on tour. We see each other. Like we had to we had to book our wedding around her shooting schedule and my touring schedule and like fly in and get married really quick and then I had to fly back out. Like it was just it's insane. Tommy told me the same thing. He's yeah. like the same situation. And it's so funny because now like we're married. We've been married for a year and a half. We've been together four years. And it's like we spend literally every day together. And li- like literally every day together, every moment together. It's kind of funny. And, you know, he was saying, he's like, I didn't get to really do that in my other relationships because I was always yeah. on tour. And yeah. he's like, this is the first relationship where I'm like in a real relationship yeah. where it's like, you know, there's the good days, there's the bad days, there's That's, the sexy days, there's the not sexy days, yeah. there's the days when you want to, you know, it's like, it's, uh, that's like, a really, it's that, real life, that's, you know? And see, that's a really nice thing for you to come to, like, that yeah. kind of realization and just be like, wow, this is, this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it doesn't have to be chaos and drama and plans and it just, you can just flow. And yeah. Like, and being in in the acceptance of what kind of day it's going to be, and and like that doesn't dictate like, well, if she's going to be like this, then I'm out of here. Like, fuck that. Well, I think the thing is too with marriage is like it's such a commitment to like you know whether things are good or bad. You you have to understand that it's like nobody's perfect, and not every single day you're going to be you know completely head over heels with this person. It's no. going to go up and down. It's just life, you know, yeah. and. I also I also would add that I'm not 100% certain because I've tried and tried and tried and tried and I'm okay with this but I just don't think that I'm a, a monogamous guy. Yeah. I just don't think that I am. Mm-hmm. And I just I've tried and uh you know and and I have to be okay with that mm-hmm. and I have to, my partners have to be okay with that. So Actually, in all I'm, your relationships, do you tell your partners I'm going to be with other people? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm saying like in this new phase of my life, like I'm not. I'm recently out of a relationship, but we're super close friends, and right. I just I'm not looking to to lock up right away. I'm enjoying just being, being able to have space. Well, I don't even being single implies that I'm seeing other people. Right. I'm just enjoying that she has the space to do what she needs to do. And I love to see her flourish that way. Yeah. And then in the meantime, I get to do what I'm doing. I'm flirt. I'm not even thinking about dating right, right now, you know, right. or anything like that. But I think that what what I meant by that was my whole life, I've never really been a monogamous guy, and I've tried to fit myself into a wedge that I'm just not cut for. So what does that mean? Like when you're in a relationship with a girl and you really like her, it doesn't matter how much you like her, you still want you still find yourself wanting to sleep with other people no matter what well what's your favorite restaurant in the world i know what you're gonna say yeah i know exactly what you're gonna say do you want to eat you're there gonna every ev- fucking you're gonna day? eventually want to drive by in and out but what about but, what, <laughs> but here's another thing i dated a guy like this okay the restaurant won't feel bad about it i what? dated a guy like this and i told him i was like okay so you want to sleep with other people so like let's and we experience like escorts. Like we would be like, oh, okay, yeah. like let's do that together. Yeah. You know? And like that wasn't even enough. Like it was like he had to go and do it behind like without me too. Yeah, so it was like a very That's not a healthy dynamic for you. Yeah, I mean like it wasn't no, because I'm a very like I've been in those relationships yeah. too, where we've had like the open connection and we brought partners in yeah. and it's all been above board. I've never really been much of a cheating guy yeah. or a lying guy yeah. because I have a theory and you 
you probably know this is true. Well, Tommy can't lie for shit. No, but he probably <laughs> knows that this theory is probably he's gonna he's gonna factualize it for us. Women will always find out, no matter what you do, they will know. So don't lie. They're gonna figure it out. It's gonna happen. He calls me the internet police because I see everything. Yeah. Like, I'm always like, I know every little. Oh, especially now nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But even the girl that runs into your girlfriend at the Starbucks is like, oh, I saw Dave last night. He was out with so-and-so. And they're like, you know, that is going to happen. Yeah. No matter yeah. what. So Remember the days before all that? You could literally get away with, what, with murder. Yeah. Like not physically killing someone. Yeah. But pretty much. Tommy misses those days when there was no cell phones for proof. There was too. no, like you had to call, get on a phone to oh, call dude, somebody. I am careful to... now of what I respond in a text to people because now they screenshot them and send those everywhere. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, if some girl would write me something and I'll write back, I sure would love to reply to this. However, in this day and age of screenshots, I think I'm just going to say thank you. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Like, it sucks. We got to live in these fucking... You know, this cancel culture fucking bubble of like questioning our every move. And when we had an opportunity to just like live free and fuck like the Indians. He literally says that. Like, he, Tommy tells me all the time, he's like, we used to get away with murder. Oh, like, yeah. he's like, you know, some guys would be having a their wife come up the, the elevator as their girlfriend was going down on one side. Yeah, literally. He, he told me it was unreal i mean oh, I, yeah. i've um, never yeah. been like it's so funny for me like <laughs> i don't even yeah i know i know it's so funny because like i don't even get i'm i don't get you guys because like i could never like when i'm in love with somebody you know you say the restaurant you thing can't you get us, guys can you relate to the fact that you got this going on right but you couldn't just do this twice it has to be this and this it's still two times but it's not twice with this one. It's once with this one and once with this. Yeah, that's where we came from. I know, but do you feel like even as you're getting older that that's kind of changed or no? Like, I don't know. I wonder, like, I just kind of feel like as you guys get older, like, does I feel like Tommy's very monogamous now. Yeah. Like, he is very, like, he is, I mean, we have, like, a very open relationship in terms of, like, he can look at my phone anytime. I can look at his phone anytime. Yeah, I but always like, had that with like, my relationship. He's, like, very, very nice and very loyal. Mm. And I don't know if I would say that about 30-year-old Tommy, but, I mean, you now, you know, at 58, you, I feel like I got the best yeah, version of Yeah, I think that him. my last girlfriend who I told you I'm still just yeah, head over you know, heels, yeah. will love her forever, mm-hmm. she got the best version of me. Yeah. You know? I feel and like so, you guys get better oh, yeah. with age. And also, I feel like, you know, don't you feel like that, not that that you've been tame sort of i feel like do you feel like it kind of winds down a little bit in you like as you get older you kind of cherish a more well now i just realized that sometimes the memory or the idea is really hot and exciting Mm -hmm. but the planning and the escape and the (laughs) the scheming and Mm -hmm. the texting it's so much fucking work yeah like i'm just like i just don't want to do the work yeah i just don't want to do it i'd rather do something fun He's got that awesome studio downstairs. I would just be in the studio all day and I'd be just as happy. And he's you know in the studio I mean? all day. So yeah. Yeah. that's, you know, and, and you have to understand, like, when we were touring, and I hate, I hate bringing this up because it sounds so callous, but I think there's some truth to it. Like, there was only, a, I already outlined what those tours could be like and how volatile they could be. Mm. And then 
you add liquor to it and it could probably get more volatile or more fun. That's mm-hmm. a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. You add drugs, you don't know what that's going to do. But you know that meeting someone new and having energy and chemistry and pheromones flying around is going to fucking gr- be great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that works every time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why a lot of musicians have been uh, slapped with that. I hate, to, I hate to use the word groupie now, but just like sleeping with their fans. But the fact of the matter is like as much as, as, as you know, they wanted to have an exciting time with us we wanted an escape with them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and do you, it, are you codependent in any ways or do you, do you, are you pretty like good on your own? Like you're like, okay, I'm, I'm okay by myself. <laughs> do, you know this, do you know the book, the giving tree? Yes, of course. I just did an art piece called the codependent tree. Oh, cause if you really think about that tree, yeah. it's a tree and a kid and a kid just takes and takes Everything. and takes and takes. Now I met this girl. I want to borrow your wood to build a house for her. Now I want to, you know what I mean? And the give and the tree just keeps giving till it's a dead stump at the end of the book Yeah, is the most unhealthy story so to sad. teach any child, any children <laughs> who expects a relationship to go that way in their life is got another thing coming. Yeah. Um, some people I, are like that though. Like I'm a really big giver and I'll give, 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 give until I'm a tree stump. Like some yeah, people are but, like that. But that's, that's, you know, those are boundaries that you can work on. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, where's the teaching of healthy boundaries in this book? Where's the tree, you know, None. telling the kid to fuck off? And like, how about the tree saying, listen, I need this branch to live, but I'll be happy to give you all these. Le- I mean, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to rewrite it. I'm going to do it. You should. <laughs> That's such a good idea. But, it is um, such a classic book and it does make me cry. But I am, co- I am codependent in the sense that if I'm worried about someone that hijacks anything I can do. Really? Yeah. So if I'm in, if I'm worried about like someone's safety or someone's mental stability or someone I care about and love and them being potentially unhappy, then yeah, I can be a little codependent in the sense that I will put off what I need to do to take care of you, to take care of them. Oh, okay. To to make sure they're okay. Because once I know they're okay, then I can exhale and then I can do this. That's really giving. It's giving, but it's also like, where's the part about, oh, maybe they're just not answering the phone. Like, I don't go there. Mm -hmm. I go to, oh, my God, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're in the shower. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm talking about. And that's codependent. Because I'm just like, oh, no. Just let me know you're okay. Yeah, those kinds of texts. Let me know you're okay so I can feel better. Like, yeah, I have that to a degree, and I'm working on it. But um, it's also really big to learn that like, and I, and I have a lot of trouble with this is like, you're not responsible for other people's happiness. And I'm like a, I'm kind of like, I'm always trying to help people and I'm always trying to make people feel better at my own expense often as well. Yeah. And the hardest thing is to realize that, you know, you're not responsible for anyone else's happiness, but your own. No. And, and also when we feel responsible for someone else's happiness, who is not taking any action on their own right. to be happy. Right. That's really challenging. Yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, so I try to watch the code of pen being here. I'm, you know, I'm no, I'm not perfect. Like I got, <laughs> I got it all, but at least, you know, the intellect, I've intellectualized all of it. So I have a, such a firm grasp understanding on, on what I need to address and where it's coming from and all that. But it doesn't, it doesn't take away the feelings. Right. And life, you know, I say pain and suffering is there as contrast for joy. Without pain and suffering, we don't know what joy is. Right. So that's why pain and suffering is the gift. Right. 
So, you have to have the valleys to have the highs. You have to have the lows. Because yeah. if everything was a high and great, what would what would you, yeah, what, you wouldn't know what it be was. It'd be fucking awesome. Would, yeah, what are you but, talking about? But you wouldn't <laughs> It'd be know. like Burning Man all <laughs> the time. But you wouldn't know it was great because it's, if it's great all the yeah, time, know, it's just normal, you know? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Funny. So I, that's, that's uh, yeah, that's what I'm really all about with this this thing, yeah. with the messaging. And um, I just, I love what you're doing. There's so many people coming out now and just saying, yeah. this is who I am and mm-hmm. owning it and finding power in that. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay with, like, I, I knew a lot of people were going to be very, like, judgy and, like, it's affected me in terms of, like, you know, I think jobs, like, I, you know, booked a lot more acting stuff when I wasn't talking about this stuff as much, but I definitely don't care because I'm like, well, I'd rather people, like, know who I really am than... You but know. you should be more than okay with it. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you're yeah. okay with it. Yeah. But I would like to see you get to a place where you're fucking proud of it yeah. because you are doing something that takes a lot of strength and and you takes a lot of guts and the fucking balls to lay it out on the line to you know to slice yourself open yeah. and spill it out on the guts for the world to see and say, look, my insides are just as disgusting as yours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or if not worse, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's exactly just like, and. The the gift from that is is how many people it reaches that don't feel alone anymore. So many people. And then also like just, you know. And you, that, and I don't mean to interrupt, but that gift outweighs the one or two people who are like, wow, she's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Are you That's kidding me? That's what I literally like. I, I think about that all the time. Just the amount of messages I get every day so, where people yeah, so you say, get, I listen to the podcast because it makes me feel normal yeah and, and listen to them don't yeah. listen to the person that's going to judge you because yeah. that's the energy you don't want in your life anyway the dude who's like i just need to give you some good dick and you'll be oh <laughs> fuck you i'll fuck you normal so you like, read all that stuff I, you know i, I do only because like i do submit submissions for worst firsts like i have people submit their oh, worst right. stories yeah i didn't really submit one just because <laughs> my whole life <laughs> you take your pick you know, I've had okay. Here's a here's a worst first. My first OD was in England in like 1989 in a, a squatter flat where it's just like just street kids living. With their, we we had to, no power. You know, it's just we squatted in this, this. Going, I need to make sure this is going. <laughs> well, it's not a great story. Just, okay. okay, so we had a we found this abandoned building, and me and these street kids, we were all junkies. I was on tour with Jane's Addiction. And I had a day off and I hooked up with these dudes. We went to this flat. I shot up and I went out. And I'm talking. Did you know right away you were going to, you OD'd? No, because I woke up maybe six hours later with one of the guys going, dude, you were dead. You were dead. So what they ended up doing, and I didn't know this because it was all candles because we didn't have electricity. It was really dark. And so there were all these other street kids and they were freaking out because they didn't want to get arrested yeah so they split this guy's dead we're out of here my other buddy who i did know dragged me down the stairs and leaned me up against like something an embankment on the curb Uh and just called the paramedics okay and then like ran away and like watched around the corner and the paramedics never came so he pulls me back upstairs puts me in a bathtub runs water on me and I start to cough and choke and come back to life. And then um, uh, I'll never forget this. I, 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 I'm like laying down like this and I open my eyes and I go, what's going on? He's like, and he's looking down at me. He's like, dude, you were fucking dead. Like no pulse. No pulse. Do you remember no what, when you So were- and I got him looking at him. I go, wow. I go, Why'd you bring me back? Is there any more dope left? 
First question. First question. What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> this motherfucker used to shoot Jack Daniels when he ran out of heroin. Yeah. Well, because the fixing is part of the addiction, too. I just want to stick a needle in my vein. It's not really matter what's in it. Coke, speed, meth, whatever you got. I don't so care. So you don't remember your death? You don't remember anything during death? Nothing? No, well... No, not for me. You don't because like it, a light or anything. It just went black. It I went think, black. but don't don't take that as a as as what it's like. I think that I was meant to come back, so I didn't get to the light. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can we can we can manipulate these things into the the things that are the most positive for us. So I think that this guy saved my life, and I didn't go to the light, but it was all just like within a snap, uh-huh. six hours went by. And wow. I have no recollection of any of it. Wow. So that was the, well, we're saying worst. No, that was your worst OD. I don't know if it was the, <laughs> it was the worst ones? one. But it was, Jesus that was pretty Christ. bad. How many times have you OD'd? Uh, I mean, God, over the years? Yeah. I don't know. Like multiple, like can't, multiple count more times. on more on a hand. More, more than one hand, yeah. 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 So here's the way I look at it. If I was saved from being home with my mom and not getting killed and I've overdosed as many times as I have and I haven't died and I'm sitting here with you who's someone who is like-minded and we struggle with the same things and we're sharing it to them, that is fucking magic. Mm -hmm. That is God. Mm -hmm. That is the cosmos, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That's evidence Mm -hmm. of God working in our lives. Yeah. So... That's how I, 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 I look at all those mistakes and all those things. And, and, and I, I love, I love some of those stories. I mm-hmm. wouldn't, you know, some of my worst experiences just make for the best stories today. And I'm glad I had them. Really? Yeah. It's life, man. Mm-hmm. It's colorful. Mm-hmm. It's colorful. We've had some amazing, just the most beautiful experiences and just like the darkest, most horrific experiences. Like, that you could any that humanity could even want to think about, and I and I know way too much about the entertainment industry and what's going on in it and what's going on right now in it. It's, it turns my stomach, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just uh, they're flavors. Every yeah. day is a different flavor. Wow, you know, and and today I'm on a good flavor, man. Yay! I get, I'm seeing you guys. Yeah. I, I'm fucking in this beautiful space, and I love it. And we're talking about stuff that matters. Yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing. And it is, like, it, you know, it is so important to say. Not like, to say that staying up till four in the morning doing lines with you wouldn't be great, too. I can't even do, like, so weird. <laughs> I used to be able to do coke when I was younger, but I can't even take, like, a, like, five milligram Adderall now without having a panic attack. Like, yeah. My chemistry changed. Like, oh, I yeah. hit, like, 25. Did that well, happen I used, to you? I used to, I used to slam coke. That was my thing. Oh, so, like, inject it? Yeah, so I used to shoot coke. And when you shoot coke, it lasts like 10, 15 minutes. So I would do it over and over and over and over and over again, all day, all day, all day. And I'd use the heroin to balance it out so I could keep shooting coke. Oh, you were skinny, skinny. Oh, I fucking looked great. <laughs> That's like my favorite. That like I know it's so unhealthy, but that like Kate Moss just like yeah. emaciated like. Yeah. Which is fucking weird because I grew up in the era of Kate Moss and I'm looking at the girls today going, how did this happen? Like, I don't understand yeah. what's going on. Yeah, because it's like okay. all body positivity, you know man. I mean? The thicker, the thicker, the better. Hey, more days. power to you, but I'm, you know, whatever. It's yeah, just, it's crazy. It's just era, you know, yeah, we're from changes. a different era. So, um, 
but yeah, I, I I don't even know where to go with this because right, I'm right. Just, uh, you said you used to be able to just, to do coke. Oh all yeah, day, yeah, yeah. So like- so now it it turned on me because of the anxiety. I got no business going near anything speedy. Nothing, right? No business. Isn't it weird? Your body kind of like changes because like I was I did I was on Adderall for years, like five years when I was younger. And like, you know, 20 to between 20 and 40 milligrams a day. And I was like 90 pounds and I was just like a little tweaker. Oh, you must have been so hot. I was so hot. <laughs> Fuck. So I'm hot. Kidding. Just kidding. I am I'm, kidding. We're, we're all kidding. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, then I, now I can't even drink fucking coffee or have anything with caffeine in it or I'm like over the edge. You feel like your heart's going to jump oh, out yeah. of your chest. Oh, and you can't breathe, can't breathe and all that. Yeah. Call 911. I'm having a heart attack. My husband's like, you're 34. I'm mm-hmm. like, doesn't matter. I'll be the first one. Oh, there's one. some good ones. There's some good calling the cops and fire departments on myself stories that like we go Why with. did you do that? Fucking could I, could I give you a rational answer that would make sense? Can you? No. <laughs> of course not. Like, I'm like, just like, you know, five o'clock and like, I'm convinced they're out there. Who's there? Them. Do you have paranoid schizophrenia? You know who they are, right? You do enough coke, and they show up. Oh. And they're in the trees, okay. and they got binoculars, oh. and they've got helicopters, oh, okay. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I used to hang out with Scott. Scott Weiland. We were talking about Scott earlier, and we, he and I used to use together. And that guy went hard. I mean, we I went hard, but he went hard. Yeah. And, and uh and like so, he the the difference between him and me was like he would we would be seeing ghosts. You're up for eleven days shooting coke, you start to hallucinate. You would literally not sleep for eleven days. Oh yeah. Can't you die after like three? Uh, I don't. I I didn't. Yeah. Um, but I had I had you know a supplement to keep me awake. Oh my god, you guys are <laughs> fucking crazy. So check this out. So Scott, the difference between me and Scott was, Scott would be like, dude, this house has so many ghosts in it. I'm <laughs> looking at them right now. And I'm like, that's me on no drugs. And I'm like, I know, but you're just seeing them because you're on drugs. <laughs> like I knew the difference. Like he would get spooked by him, whereas I would see him and know, oh, that's a hallucination from drugs. He went one step beyond where it was like, uh, he was seeing. We were both one night seeing. We spent time with our current friends from their future ghosts. So, like for instance. If I went home tonight and got into that behavior and talked to your ghost after you die, fucking 50, 60 years from now. I come and, and talk then you, to you come back, but you're still alive in the real plane. Like, those are the places we okay, went. Okay, but don't you kind of part of you think that maybe these drugs have enabled you to actually see what is really happening? Or do you feel like it was just the drugs? No, I think they enabled me to have a fast track to find a goddamn solution. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Like, meaning, had I not gotten into my drug addiction, I would never have been turned on to anything to help with it. Right, right. Which means I would have lost all those tools of coping. I would have lost the, the support that I have now. Mm. I would have probably be a totally different person. Mm. So the drugs led me to self-healing mm-hmm, in a strange way. Mm-hmm. I just survived the process. Some mm-hmm. people don't survive it. Um which is why I think it's really important that people seek out their self-healing now mm-hmm. so they don't have to go through what we've gone through uh, in order to get the same thing, to right. go to the same place. You don't have to kill yourself or come close to dying 
to find the the light at right. the end of the tunnel. Mm. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. It's just it's a waste of time. Yeah. What um, do you what advice do you have? I and I won't keep you much longer, but what advice do you have to anyone that's struggling with addiction right now and feels hopeless and feels like stuck in that cycle? Like, well, with it, I mean, there's there's so much right now with the COVID lockdowns and right. stuff. There are so many Zoom meetings and they are 12 step oriented and you just do a random search. I would absolutely advise that because and I don't care what 12 step group it is or even if it's just a process group or even if it's just finding a therapist that you can FaceTime with. Um, professional help is out there. They're all working. They're all doing it with the, with the digital technology, which is one great aspect of it. And um, so I do I do three three groups a, a week. Wow, good. And they're like an hour each, and we check in, and, and it establishes um, relationships. It establishes uh, connections with people who – who are struggling so you don't feel alone. Mm -hmm. There's laughter, there's community, and, it, and there's structure within the week. Mm -hmm. So it used to be I didn't know what day it was because we were in this lockdown. It's like, who gives a fuck what day it is, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same day. Yeah. Well, now I know where I have to be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so having that structure in place is also a great gift because it takes me out of my own head that's running the show most of the time, mm -hmm. you know? So and people that are at home that are struggling right now and wrapped up, I mean, whether it be like depression, anxiety, whatever there, I, I know there are online meetings for pretty much everything for right, everything. Right and there are support lines. Yeah. And even if it's calling your best friend and saying, I never told you this and I really need to get this off my chest. Yeah. You will feel better. Yeah, you do. I mean, you have to talk about it. I, it, I try to keep my grief bank empty, you know, whether yeah. it means like crying it out or talking it out or whatever, you know, you have to, you have to keep it empty. Otherwise it gets full and it builds up. And I mean, if we, if you and I can sit here and talk about this stuff as openly as we have to as many uh, people who watch you, I mm -hmm. mean, which is millions, mm -hmm. you know, and be comfortable and cool about it and mm -hmm. feel like proud of it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, man, we're fucking survivors. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let, some drug addiction or some dark thought or some loss of a girl or some whatever like ruin the gift that i've been given mm -mm. you know and i refuse yeah it's just, i just i'm not about that um i mean thinking about i mentioned chris earlier and you know i went to chris cornell's funeral mm. where chester bennington sang for chris cornell mm. and then a month later i'm sitting at chester's funeral a month later I mean, like these, it doesn't have to go that way. Mm -hmm. And these were two of the most gracious, loving, nicest guys. Chester would fucking show up before the crew and he would leave after they fucking closed the venue. Like he was a dedicated, diehard. I've never seen anybody work with that ethic before. Mm -hmm. um, Scott was such a fucking sweetheart. Chris, Chris and I used to do, we used to bring 12 step panels when we did Lollapalooza. Mm -hmm. So Audio Slave and Jane's Addiction were on a thing. And during the day, we would reach out to rehab facilities and say, hey, bring bring your kids to the Aww. concert. And me and Chris will hang out with them. And they get to see a free concert with guys doing this with no chemicals in their body That's and really having cool. a fucking blast. That's awesome. And so me and Chris got to do that. And so when 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 he lo when we lost him, I really, uh, it really, uh, it really broke my heart. And especially, like, the kids that came and saw you guys were probably like, oh, fuck. Like, I went and saw those guys, and they told me it was okay, and now here they are, well, like, you know. No, not even that. I think it's a valuable lesson them for them to know that um, 
there's no guarantees, you know? And like one of the guys that invited us down didn't make it sadly, but one of them did and he's still doing something about it. Good. And you know, why that is or however that worked out that way, I don't know. I'm not going to question it, but I still have a responsibility to carry on that legacy that he and I started mm-hmm. in his name. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I always tell that story about him because people don't know what a giving guy he was, you know. And I che- often find Chester like, the, too. yeah, the kindest people often are the are most damaged. And I feel like it's because they, they don't want anyone else to feel the way they feel, you know. And they know what it's like. For me, I know what it's like within my family structure, how different phrases and tones and ne- and the way things land on people. Mm-hmm. You may not mean something a certain way, but the words and the tone that you use and choose in the moment can land harder than the words. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just about choosing your words and not, and, and owning, for me, what I do in, in my relationship with or my ex-relationship now, um, we still talk is uh i just share what's going on with me and my side of the thing Mm -hmm. i don't sit there and go you're not doing this you're not doing that you're not doing this that's not my business Mm -hmm. that's her business Mm -hmm. my business is what i'm doing yeah and if i'm doing what i need to do for me and she's doing what she needs to do for her then we can communicate Mm -hmm. but that's how it works i see that with you guys i mean Mm -hmm. you know where you guys are at it's it's a beautiful thing to see so it's absolutely true yeah communication is the biggest thing i mean we you know i'm a big advocate of therapy i'm a big advocate of couples therapy i'm a big advocate of therapy for yourself and you know just talking to people it's so important it's because but i mean even tommy's done tons of fucking hard lifting heavy work on himself oh yeah so you guys have that connection now where you know how to phrase things Mm -hmm. Yeah, we work on it. I mean, not we're not perfect, but nobody we, is. We definitely work on it. More Nobody's than anyone perfect. else, and and that's the thing. As I will say, that we definitely do, you know. And we have our moments where you know, if one of us does say or do something that's not like the favorite thing of the other person, we'll be like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna take a minute and like let me come back to you. And we're learning to like yeah. you know go and take a minute, come back and go. You know what? Actually, I said that the incorrect way of what I really wanted to say. Because oftentimes I think when we say things about how we feel, it's coming from a place of hurt or anger or fear. And then what happens is the other person's defense immediately goes up. Like that, like that, like, hey, you hurt me. What do you mean I hurt you? I'm doing yeah. doing everything perfect. What are you talking about? I take care of everything. You know what I mean? Like, that's where you go. But, like, you pause for a second. You look at Let it. that thing fucking come down, and then you can talk and say, hey, this is someone I love who's hurting, and I hurt them. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it out. Yeah, there's a quote that's like, you don't get to say whether you've hurt someone or not. Like, it's like, you know, you don't that's get to make that call. It's their, it's I their needed, experience. I, need, I needed to hear that because... Yeah. um. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome for because that. Because I, um, I, I do take that on, you know. Yeah. And sometimes when when the codependency thing comes up, it's like, yeah. Sometimes putting myself first and taking care of myself, I fear that it hurts others. Yeah. But, but what really what I'm doing is I'm attending to my self care so I can be present in the future. It's so important. I feel like we touched on so many amazing things, and this has been such a great podcast. Yeah, we really did. Posted two hours. I love it. Um. Guys, make sure to follow Dave. And you have uh, Dual Diagnosis has its own Instagram, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's just Dual Diagnosis on Instagram. Yes. I'm tagging Dave and everything. So if you obviously need to know where to find Dave, he's right here. So just go ahead and click the links. Follow him. Follow Dual Diagnosis. And you have so much going on right now. You, 
you're doing like what a charity thing. You're doing mm. the dual diagnosis stuff. You're doing, you're constantly playing and, yeah. and everything. So just keep up with him on his socials. And if you want to see what he has going on right now, it's, he's busy. So, um, it's really great. And try not to inundate him with, uh, personal messages, even though we, I love it when I get them and I appreciate you guys saying how much it's helped you and whatnot. That's always appreciated. Here's, here's but, what I tell people. Yeah. I love I love the personal stories and yeah. I, and I do read them. Yeah, you know? I do too. I try. A lot to. of people ask me for what to do, yeah. and what I always tell them is like, I have said everything I know. I mean, I I'm not keeping some secret off this podcast. That's right. the real answer. Right. Like it's fucking hard work, mm-hmm. you know. So I just I just tell them with love. Like I wish I could tell you more, but anything that I've experienced or I I know I've shared already. Yeah. And. Those are the things that work for me. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being oh, here. And you. you're the best. And anyone out there who's struggling, um, I know I share Better Help is a, a program that I also advertise on the podcast that they support our podcast. If you need someone online therapy, betterhelp.com is a great resource. And uh, yeah, I thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, any questions you have, just leave them in the comments below. And we will talk to you next week. On the Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.